Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me is my Bumble co-host, Kyle JCRB. Yeah, it's me. It's okay. me. It's me. <laughs> I didn't pull a switcheroo on you this time. The full moon has passed. You've transformed back from your wear rye. Yeah. And you're back to normal Kyle. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Sorry, rye fans. It's me. It's not rye. Maybe he'll be back someday, but for now, it's just me. <laughs> and if you're very confused, you need to go back to last week's Monday episode where I had the absolute best April Fool's Day prank pulled on me ever. <laughs> I had so much fun with that. That was hilarious. You guys did an excellent job with that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I uh, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> so, it seems like people enjoyed it, so... Yeah, you might see Rye again. We'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, we got a lot of questions, so shall we get to answering them? Yes, yes. Do keep in mind, these questions come from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Let's get started with this one here from Aiden7479. Out of all the ruins on the classic islands that includes Marble Labyrinth, Aquatic Ruin, Hydrocity, Marble Garden, Sandopolis, Hidden Palace, and Sky Sanctuary, which ones do you believe slash know were built by the Knuckles Tribe, the Ancients, or a third party? Hydrocity is a bit of an oddball, being much more advanced. One could have said the Nocturnus built it, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, that I know for sure, none of them. Like, when... The original games came out. The ancients were not a concept. They are like the most retconny of retconny things. So there, I would love to answer those myself to be sure, but uh, that is not at the present agenda with the lore group. It's not really a priority right now, but who knows? Maybe we'll, we will, define that one day pull back the curtain and say this is how it all began frightening i'm scared i don't know if i want to know ian should we ever know i don't know if we should know it's too much i don't i don't know if it's absolutely necessary part of the fun of the whole lost civilization thing is it's lost it's the mystery of it but yeah but if you never answer it then what's what's the point of the mystery to be mysterious i don't know <laughs> there wasn't really a there, there was never a plan yeah there wasn't really a push for this in the long term clearly so i don't know if there's a good story reason to go back to it I, i'm sure we will yeah yeah the lore of the sonic movie franchise had the knuckles tribe warring against a tribe of owls i then realized that in the game there seems to be some hints of some sort of bird species in the history of both west side island thanks to Aquatic Ruin Zone's totem poles, and South Island, thanks to the bird-like wall carvings in Labyrinth Zone and the totem poles in Green Hill Zone. Were these the Babylonians, and did they war against the Knuckles tribe over the Chaos Emeralds on both islands, especially considering West Side Island had its own hidden palace zone like on Angel Island? It would certainly make connecting Coco Island and the Battle Cuckoo Empire into lore even more interesting, in which I don't want to expand on for fear of spewing fan ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you approached the line and then you backed off, and I appreciate that. And yeah, there are a lot of dots. I just don't know if they are connected or if they are worth connecting necessarily. Um, 
like who the Knuckles tribe was fighting exactly is unknown. I wouldn't want them to, I wouldn't want her to extend to West Side Island and South Island because, you know, Mystic Ruin is pretty landlocked. What are they doing? Like going all the way to the other islands to cause trouble? I don't know. There, there are ways to approach it, and maybe we will one day if there's ever a reason to go back and explore that. But <laughs> if it's like, was it intended? Is this what is trying to be alluded to? No, I don't think so. It, that makes the most sense to me to tie it all together, but that may not be what is done, if anything is ever done. I mean, they fought with everyone. They had a face, so the, they had to punch it. <laughs> you, if you've got a pa- if you've got a face, they're going to punch it. It don't matter where you are. They're coming to you. <laughs> Here's one from Brunstud of the Crimson Moon. You said that the null space was finite in a bumble cast. But the official encyclopedia says it's infinite slash endless. What's your response? Also, speaking of which, can the things in the encyclopedia be taken as valid unless they contradict the source material, like the errors? That's two questions. Yeah. Don't be well, the thing with Null Space is Sonic and the Avatar character reached an edge of it and escaped. Ergo, it is finite. If you can reach an end of it, it has an end. Unless you're saying that they managed to, you know, punch through it with the superpower of teamwork, but that's still reaching a terminus of some point. You know, creating a point with an infinite space should be meaningless because there's infinite space. If you can exit said space, that means there is an end to it. There's something beyond it. Therefore, it has to be finite in some degree. This is this is just the argument of splitting hairs, I think. Yeah, it's how they branded it in one line of dialogue without any greater thinking behind it. And Ooh, it's scary because it's an endless void. You're trapped in. Oh wait, you're done in two minutes. It's <laughs> It does not warrant the level of discussion we have had over it over the many bumble casts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, as for discrepancies within the encyclopedia, uh, I mean, some of it was purposeful revision internally on Sega's part. And some of it may be an oopsie here or there that it wasn't caught on the multiple levels of oversight that was had by all the departments that looked at it. So yeah, if it's like mission critical wrong, which I don't think there really is, then wait for it to be addressed in like a tales tube or something one day, or maybe a re-release volume or something. Ian, you said you said you need twenty rings to get into the special stage in Sonic Two in the Encyclopedia, but you're wrong. You need fifty. Yeah, yeah. That was an oopsie, and nobody else caught it. That's too bad. It's that's you're thinking of Sonic Three, and that was all you. That was definitely entirely your fault. No one else even bothered looking at it before it went to print. You printed it yourself. You went down to the printer and said, "Here, print this." And then you went outside and printed it yourself. You went out into the <laughs> printer place and you're like, print it. And then you printed it. You did all the work. It's all on Within you. Infinite null space. All the pictures. You did all the layout and everything. That was all you. Here's one from Chaos Sonic 1. Sega decided to ask you to write a Sonic Underground game, but as a surprise, they brought in the people that worked on Hi-Fi Rush to help make the game. How does it go and how fun would it be? Yo, that might be <laughs> the way to do it. A Sonic a Sonic game in the style of Hi-Fi Rush. I mean, it doesn't even have to be underground. It could just be whatever. But <laughs> it would be fun if it were underground. 
but if it were underground, that would work the bestest. And I think so. Yeah, super cool. And I don't know. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm getting. I mean, I'm getting. Uh... Sonic Battle vibes, like I could see that art style working with Hi-Fi Rush's sort of gameplay. Yeah, how does it go? I'd pitch it as you know, make it the finale to Sonic Underground. You know, it's the three of them gathering up their friends that they made around the world, uh, closing in on where the Queen is to rescue her from Robotnik, who's managed to capture her because that gives us some stakes, and then one big finale of the band all together taking down Robotnik and saving the world. It all of the polish and splendor that that team could produce their mother will in fact be found mm-hmm. sonic underground very nice here's on for conga who is bumping this question for ver dragon 5 is there a moabius version of the movie universe would it's jim botnik or i guess jim tobor be <laughs> just be ace ventura more importantly what would the anti-stone be like see i don't want to typecast jim carrey but i don't know i mean effectively like jim botnik was kind of a rogue military agent bent on evil so what is the antithesis of that a rogue cop bent on bringing justice in his own spectacular fashion what is that if not ace ventura that's pretty much it is ace ventura (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah okay i'm i'm good with that that's fine and like he's yeah yeah and then you know anti-stone would be his partner in investigation who is there through purely circumstance he hates jim tobor with a burning passion cannot stand the guy but you know they get work and that allows him to pay the rent so, okay, he's going to be the Sancho Panza to this wacky Don Quixote. Fine. So, for some but reason, the op- their opposite, their Moebius versions are just the Chaotix without Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that again, if <laughs> Jim Tobor tells him to go perform some rock reconnaissance one more time, he's going to poison that latte, swear to God. <laughs> nice uh that's good that's good stop talking about it stop talking out of your butt rope kintobor stop it <laughs> oh no oh no if you won't talk to detective robotnik perhaps you'll talk to D- detective robotnik <laughs> all right there sonic let me ask you some questions <laughs> damn it <laughs> And Auntie Stone's just looking at Auntie Sonic going, Yeah, it's like this all the time, 24-7. I hate it. <laughs> just, just face palm. Constant. Constant face palm. Constant face palm. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff right there. I'd watch it. And he has a little fake mustache to put on the seat of his pants every time he drops out that persona. I could see it. I could see it. I could absolutely see it. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's a question from Dev. With the success of Sonic Frontiers, do you guys think we'll be, we'll be soon back in the era of Sonic where we get great games with good stories every few years, like back in the day? I don't think that's this is Dev's intention, but this seems like a backhanded compliment almost. <laughs> like, Sonic Team never set out to make a bad game. Nobody said, ah, yes, we'll shovel this out the door and they'll give us money. 
Well, I mean, I mean... Nobody looked at forces and said, ah, this is a finely crafted piece of trash. This will make people so mad. Ship it. I mean, (laughs) depends on who you ask. (laughs) Who are you asking? People who know what they're talking about or people who think they know what they're talking about? Sega's marketing department. That's what I'm talking about. That's who I'm asking. Their their job is to make everything shine like a diamond. Okay, I I know I know they were given they were not exactly given the most stellar material, but I'm I'm talking like Sega's marketing in terms of like making money, being being the counter. Yes, <laughs> I like that one. Um, now all that being said. Sonic Frontiers was so well received and did so well in Japan, notably. Yeah. That I'm hoping that the next major entry does get the time and attention and budget to do something grand and fun and memorable. And I hope to be involved, maybe. That'd be nice. They could build on the success of Frontiers and continue in that vein. I would be here for it. I would be okay with that. All right, here's a question from Fang. My question is about the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. So, spoiler alert for anybody who has not played Murder of Shadow the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog yet. Boy, that was a that was a bit of a uh, Freudian slip, wasn't it? Very Amy Rose of you. <laughs> At the beginning of the game, the player character offers Sonic a chili dog. And the conductor says it's on the house because Sonic saved the world after the events of an Eggman attack. Sonic then comments, I appreciate that. I kind of forgot my wallet at home. I would like to know this. Does this now imply that Sonic's world now has money? Does this mean Sonic has a job? Where does he keep his wallet when running? How can he afford to keep... How can he afford a cake for Amy's birthday? These... These are making me go crazy. Yeah... Okay, so <laughs> when, I don't know how much of the curtain I can pull back on this, but there was some discussion over dialogue revolving around money, and it was mostly down to, this is an April Fool's Day game. Don't think too hard about it. Just have fun. Let the joke but be the joke. you knew this was going to happen regardless. I, we, we, we all knew. Okay, good. Okay, you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> the topic itself is being hashed out. Because there being any lack of money makes zero sense. But don't read too deeply into the game. It's a fantastic game. It's marvelously written. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's super fun. Charming as all get out. But just kind of accept it as it is. And don't worry about any greater lore implications. Just have fun with it as it is. Ian, this is Sonic. Everyone's going to worry about the greater lore implications of this I know. of this very fun, very cool, very neat visual novel game that people seem to want more of. You know. You know this. You know that's never mm. you know mm. this is never going to get know, dropped. You know this you know this whole don't worry, be happy thing is going to make make some I'm, people angry. <laughs> I'm shouting to the wind, I realize, but yes. keep in mind it's an April Fool's Day game. Okay. Nah, uh, nah, uh, uh, came out the day it's... before. <sighs> March thirty first is not April Fool's Day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, neither was our April Fool's episode of the Bumblecast. Mm, yeah, it was. It was made on April Fool's Day. It wasn't it released out on the third. It wasn't released on April Fool's Day, but it was made on April Fool's Day. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> all that matters is that you had fun with the damn game. <laughs> Oh man! Someday you will hate me, and then it, <laughs> and then it then it will be over. Someday it will get to a point where you are just tired of me, and this and then Bumblecast is done, and then there's no more Bumblecast. <laughs> that will be a dark day, and it is nowhere near the horizon, sir. Rest easy. Okay, <laughs> you say now. I'm not shooting the messenger. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm playing up the message. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, Illegal Child Fights has a question. Well, more murder of Sonic the Hedgehog spoilers. Are talking Chow considered canon? The last time one showed up in a canonical game was back in Sonic Riders 2, but they have been referenced since then in things like... Team Sonic Racing Overdrive, and on the cover of IDW Sonic issue 35. Now the newest episode of Tales Tube has Amy in the neutral garden of Chow World, and the non-canon official April Fool's game has the cool mustache Chow apparently able to talk. Previously on the May 6th Bumblecast, you didn't seem too certain as to whether the talking Chow counted as canon or not, but is it safe to say they're canon now? I think all those examples are dubious. And to be discussed, I mean, Amy chilling out in a Chow Garden. It's not meant to be the neutral garden of Chow World. It's just in a she's in a place with Chow flying around. That doesn't really necessitate or canonize any talking Chow. So there are lots of Chow. Chow can gain all sorts of incredible traits. I don't think it's beyond reason that there might be a talking one out there. But generally speaking... Chow just have their baby babble and not like talk talk. Yeah, unless they're like Detective Chow or something, you know, like Detective Pikachu. Normally, <laughs> Pikachu can only say Pika Pika, but you know, certain Pikachu's can go, and certain Pikachu's sound like uh, Deadpool. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and before anybody brings up ah, ah, but cream is always translating for cheese, I think that's more meant to be implied that she is inferring what cheese wants to convey because they grew up together. She, they're like a pair. It's not like she's translating chow ease. It's not like the translator, the tales was using with yakker. It's, she just knows what cheese is trying to get across. I prefer to think that she does know chow ease. That's cooler, but whatever. My head cannons don't matter. I guess here's one from John B. I was rereading one of my favorite arcs from your run on the Archie Sonic comics, Treasure Team Tango. It's a bit of a mouthful. I always wanted to know how that arc came about. Was the final arc close to the original pitch, or did it diverge or escalate as it developed? I honestly don't quite remember how that pitch came about. I don't... It was either... Then editor Paul Kaminsky wanted a Amy-centric arc... Or I had an idea to do just something fun like that. It's been so long. But I think the core idea 
just kind of continually blossomed into this absolute madcap nonsense thing. There's a part of me that wants to say it was like no one idea was really clicking. So it's like, well, what if we tried all the ideas at once and that made it click? But I could be inventing that right now. I'm honestly not sure. Ah, it's been so long. But I don't terribly remember there being too many adjustments or revisions to it. It just kind of came together and was goofy and was fun. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites, so I, I like it a lot. I am glad that you wrote it. And it led into Pirate Plunder Panic, so that makes it even mm-hmm. better. <laughs> Here's one from Jolene B. In Sonic 06, Blaze, containing the power of Iblis, was sealed into another dimension and wasn't seen again. Iblis is part of the sun god Solaris. Blaze's world is another dimension that's home to the Soul Emeralds. Sky Babylon from Sonic Rush Adventure is a flying ancient city in Blaze's world. Pirate's Island near Sky Babylon was once the flying home of a quote-unquote ancient civilization. Babylon Garden in Sonic Riders is a flying ancient civilization inhabited by genie-like aliens. In Secret Rings, the genie eraser, eraser Jin invokes Iblis. Ian, my question to you is, who is Pepe Sylvia? He doesn't exist. I've searched every department. I went down to Carol in HR and asked, and guess what? That room is empty. There is not a desk. There is nobody in here. I would go on, but Barney's telling me I need to cut it off. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> he's gone crazy just kidding Dwayne many hats has a question some people have taken the multiverse being confirmed as meaning that IDW Prime and Mania Force Mania slash Forces Classic Sonic are only to the games as different universes because of any in- inconsistencies seems like a leap to me but thoughts I think people are doing their absolute darndest to confuse themselves over the most straightforward and accessible explanation we could craft. Ian, that's that's how it goes with this franchise. You know this. (laughs) I do try to fudge things when I am not certain I can be word of God on some stuff, but this is in the Tales tubes. This is as it is established. Classic Sonic is the past. Modern Sonic is the present. It includes IDW and Prime. That's it. The end. Period. Sorry if it doesn't completely mesh with your headcanon, but that's the way it is right now. For now. Till it changes. Oh, sure. Like Wait, if somebody which... else comes in charge and says, I don't like this and you know, throws it all out, then <clears throat> so it goes. But Well, then you are, and then that makes you a liar, Ian. It also makes me unemployed, I'm sure. <laughs> uh yes when things change within sega internally it means you are now a liar or you were lying the whole time Uh, it's not what that means all right our last question before we take a break is from noni would eggman use nermies as a slur no but kyle would i gotta be no i wouldn't honestly it does sound like (laughs) it sounds kind of like a slur and it's, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I think it makes me hate it even more. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Eggman <sighs> wouldn't drop to just some base slur. Where's the alliteration? 
Where, where's the fun? Where's the demeaning nature of it? If it's just like some nonsense term, like rodent works with Sonic because not only does it fail to properly categorize his species, but it demeans him as an individual. It reduces him to common vermin when he's truly an individual, a paragon. Yes. Just throwing out some random slur is so unintelligent. It's beneath him. How dare you even imply that he would debase himself in such a way, you nermy? <laughs> no! No! <laughs> no! <sighs> oh, gosh. All right, well... We're going to take a break while Kyle resets his brain and gets a palate cleanser. We are back and we have a question from Morlis. In the Spark of Life arc depicted in Sonic Universe from issue 71 to 74, we learn a bit more about Knuckles' origins post Super Genesis Wave. It is implied that Nicole's impetus for growing into the person she would eventually become was a, for lack of a better word, desire to be able to support Sally in an emotional in, desire to be able to support Sally in an emotional capacity as well as in, an administrative one. My question is, how did the Freedom Fighters, including Sonic, Amy, and Tails, react when they realized that Nicole had fully come into herself as a person? Also, is it gay to gain full sapiens just so you can become the best emotional support your friend could ever ask for? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just commitment. Now, she was, but that's not that's unrelated. No, I mean, I think it's the most gay. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. Good for her. <laughs> I think we had wanted to explore the other characters in flashback at some point, but obviously we never got that chance. Um, I'm being told it's only gay if they kiss. <laughs> Which we didn't get to, but again, for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, but like Sonic would have been cool with it. It's like, oh, you're a, you're a people now. Neat. And just roll with it. Yeah, Sonic doesn't care. Uh, Amy would be kind of impressed and then just excited because new friend. Yeah, and Tails would be fascinated by the technical application and you know the implications for you know potential AI growth, and then kind of come back down to earth and go, "Oh, and it's nice to meet you too." Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked before, but you know. <laughs> yes, I like it. Here's one from Puppy the Scholar. Given that Argyle and Laura Sue's child Edmund the Second is part crocodile and is directly related to Vector, and Vector is able to breathe fire. Is Edmund the Echidna himself able to breathe fire? <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but by God, he ought to. <laughs> I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> and Silver's like, teach me how to do that! No. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be cool. Silver goes back in time and crosses dimensions just to see Blaze. Can you teach me how to breathe fire? My my mentor won't let me because he's a meanie. <laughs> he spits hot fire, literally. Oh, here come the police to get me for that joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here's one from Razor. 
This may be stretching it, but do you think Robo Robotnik should have been Prime Robotnik, who transferred his consciousness into a robot body as a failsafe if something happened to him? Or are you okay with what we got? I know there's things that don't add up, but I have thought of this recently, especially since this could have been thought of back then. Yeah, I mean, that certainly would have been the simpler solution. Um, and it skews close enough to what was done. I feel like it somewhat defeats the victory at the end of 50. You know, Eggman, excuse me, it's, <laughs> man, that's in green. Robotnik's efforts to wipe out his competition in the most literal sense being turned back in his face to literally erase him from reality is i don't know just satisfying to me mm -hmm. he builds the most over-the-top unnecessarily brutal weapon and the only real casualty of it was himself i like that i really do um and having him back up his mind into a robot body kind of robs the moment of that at least to me now it would have made things better in the long term i guess just in that it would made it would have made the transition smoother and it would have made more sense thinking about it as an ongoing book but they didn't think like that back then the fact that sonic got to 50 issues was an abnormality it was bizarre that it got past two years of material. So nobody was thinking of the long term, really, because there wasn't going to be one. And then there very much was one. <laughs> so it's very easy to look at, look back on all this with hindsight and go, oh, they should have done it this way. They should have done it that way. But we have the luxury of knowing how the past 20, 30 years have played out. And it was a very different circumstance back then. So, right. It would, I don't know. I'm, it is what it is, I guess, at the end of the day. Something like that. Here's a question from Rockamillion. Many people think Tails can't fight as good as Sonic, which makes no sense. He beat the massive Eggwalker all by himself in SA1. He didn't even need gadgets. That should make him equal to Sonic in terms of fight fighting capabilities. I've always hated when Tails has been portrayed as not being able to fight physically, and I want it to stop. He's just as good a fighter as Sonic and should be portrayed as such. I'd really love it if Tails emerged victorious in a very physical and hard-fought battle between himself and a powerful opponent in IDW, using his own skills without any help from others, just like when he fought Dieg Walker to remind people what a great fighter he is. Please, Ian! P.S. Sorry I keep requesting things regarding Tails and IDW. I promise to ask a, ask a different question next time. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> Here's the thing. Tails, in his role, not not speaking as like the individual character, but talking on like archetypes, is the protege. He is supposed to be the young learner with the arc of growth before him, the promise of a better him down the line. The only thing is he's gone through that arc multiple times now. Yeah, he I, keeps I know, regressing. Yes. In part because, you know, the characters are fairly static they aren't allowed to grow but that's a larger issue yes but the thing is is if he becomes as independent as he logically should be he's better than sonic he's smarter than sonic he's more technically capable than sonic he's not as fast but he can keep pace he can fly which means he can maneuver far better than sonic so if he is fighting on par with sonic he is literally sonic but better 
and he is outshining the principal character of the story, which well, maybe he should. <laughs> then it need there needs to be a greater shift in the franchise itself, and that's whoo, that's way above my pay grade. Mm. So the incredibly tricky balancing act that we have to do with tales is continue to show that it, he is growing, that he does have room to mature and learn and that he isn't exactly equal or superior to Sonic. There has to be some ways that Sonic is there to be the goal that tails is striving to reach. Now, this isn't to say that tails shouldn't be able to hold his own in a one-on-one encounter. But I feel like if he's just able to stomp an enemy like Sonic does, that's that's not who Tails is. Like I understand the desire to want him to be able to be just as good as Sonic, because that's his whole thing. That's his arc. That's what he aspires to be. But once he has it, then there's nowhere else to go with him because he can't go any further. And then he just becomes Orange Sonic. (laughs) So to me... I think it's better to actually show him as slightly weaker, slightly less skilled so that he has to tackle these confrontations in his own way, that he has to think smarter, not fight harder, that he has to find some kind of gadget to give him the edge rather than just spin dash or twirly whirl or whatever and beat up the bad guys like Sonic does. Because if you want to see that kind of fight, then there's Sonic. What is it that makes Tails unique what makes him interesting what makes his struggles compelling and if he does everything just the same and as good as sonic then why is he special what makes him interesting so that's at least my approach to scenarios with tails let tails use a gun no don't do that never mind (laughs) i mean we we kind of touched upon that with uh, zeddy hunt when he comes to the rescue uh, when Sonic's already been worn down by the Deadly Six. Right. And it kind of comes down to 1v1, Zavik versus Tails. True. And so Tails tries to use his gadgets. That doesn't quite work. He tries to use the skills that Sonic taught him. Didn't quite work. But then he used that ability to get in close so that he can be, so that he could outsmart Zavok and use the gadgets more effectively and take him down. That is Tails to me. Mm-hmm. Tails. See, that to me is way more engaging of a fight than just he beats him like Sonic could. Tails is the definition of work smarter, not harder. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Sonic's like harder. Push harder. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Sonic is plus ultra. Pretty much. He's broken. He's OP. That's pretty much how it goes. We got a question from Samoth Star. If Sonic characters were centaurs, what kind of bodies would they have? Like, would it be a realistic horse body? The associated animal's body? Like, Sonic would have a hedgehog body? Would they have horse-like bodies, but regular feet, including shoes? Something else? I hate this question. (laughs) I mean, I think it's you, Samoth. It's actually a very interesting question. It's interesting to think about, but it's like, what? But all the images that are conjured in my head, I hate them. I hate them so much. (laughs) Uh, I'm being told, answer it, you coward. (laughs) (laughs) I I will. It's just I, I, I need to kind of brace myself for this. So I think traditionally centaurs are associated with 
a humanoid torso attached to a horse body. Yes. Like other fantasy things where they've been on deer or jaguars or, you know, to an extension, even merfolk. Those aren't centaurs. They're different animals. Yeah. Um, so I guess by a narrow reading of the definition, a sonic type centaur would have a natural horse-like body and then their little pudgy cartoony body sticking out of its shoulders. I think that's the one that is the least uh, horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Proportionally, it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you like adjust the horse body and then they're more or less like my little pony centaurs. (laughs) Oh no. Well, it's not the crossover. I think anybody was expecting or wants. No, I think there's some people that want this crossover. Well, I can't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, Ian. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> you know this. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. No, not dear. Horse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyone who wants to draw the thumbnail for this one, yeah, have a go at it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Scourge time is here with a question. What kinds of outfits would you give Scourge, Fiona, and the Suppression Squad if they played this murder game? <laughs> well, since Scourge and well no. Yeah, okay, Scourge and the Suppression Squad. You specified them, not the Destructic, so thank you for that. Uh since they're all basically derivative individuals anyway, they would just be characters out of clue. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yes. Thank you. <laughs> Gotta watch that movie again recently and it is so funny. It is and uh still holds up super well. Scourge is Mr. Fiona can, yes. Maybe Fiona could put on the tux and be Mr. Body in this in this scenario. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I like it. Or she's Mrs. Miss White. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I, get, I, guess. I don't know. I like the idea of Fiona voiced by, voiced by Tim Curry just for this instance. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it could work, but she she would make a good looking uh, Mrs. White too. To be fair, it would work out. I think that would be okay. Either one, I'm down. I'm down. Scurvy Pirate Dog has a question. Following upon my last question about Starline's opinion on the Chaos Council, with how they are five different Eggmen, and with how Starline is a huge Eggman fan, just for the sheer fun of it, what if each of the Eggmen in the Council had their own Starline? What would would each of the Starlines for each Eggman be like? And would Mr. Dr. Starline be wearing a bald cap? (laughs) Okay, so... Or he might actually shave his head. I think to have the most fun with this, we need to have an inverse time scale. So little baby Dr. Babble would be watched over by old cantankerous old man Starline. Okay. Uh, I get it. Call him Starbent. I don't know. You know, <laughs> freaking baby, listen to what I'm trying to tell you here. Don't just sass me. I'm the one that changes your diapers. <laughs> Which would mean by the time you get to, uh, oh, what's the old one called? Dr. Dunnett? I you don't... would have just mm. irascible Dennis the Menace-esque Starline. <laughs> oh, no. Who isn't going to listen to you, old man? 
He's smarter than you or your entire life. He's going to fix the plans himself. <laughs> and it would just be constant bickering on every side. It'd be tiresome, but also fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, silly. Silly. Scary. But also silly. And I guess by the midpoint, Mr. Dr. Starline has reached midlife crisis stage. So he still has the big toothpaste swoop, but it's a comb over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a question from Silent Forest Ninja. I've seen a lot of people consider Sonic Battle to be a legitimate addition to the series lore, considering Emerald's entire debut. However, I haven't seen many people mention how incompatible it is with canon with Shadow's story. It released the same month as Heroes, yet features Shadow's memories intact, meaning it can only, meaning it can only take place post-Heroes. But then he's also obsessed over his and Emerald's purpose and past as a machine of war, and seeks answers for why he exists with a soul, which Shadow the Hedgehog promptly contradicts and seals off narratively. The writers knew enough about heroes to mention Omega, but then E1, E1215 robots are being built after E123 Omega. So it seems like there wasn't a lot of communication between dev teams beyond Omega's character design. Given this, how can battle fit into the canon? Should there be an idealized alternate version where Shadow's non-canon characterization and story arc is removed or changed? You're also missing the fact that Knuckles' home and the Master Emerald reside on a mountain just north of town. They're not on Angel Island. And what town is it? Who knows? Uh, (laughs) Emerald Town, I think. I was just looking this up for another project. Anyway. Okay, okay. It actually has a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like northwest of Central City, which uh, the point is, battle has to be canon to some degree because Gemeral is designed off of Emerald. It fits. It and it's not just because of the design wise. There's the whole bit about Tails fixing him at the end and then Cretan being reunited with her friend by extension. So the intention was there, but yeah, the devil is in the details. There is a lot of stuff that just cannot be reconciled. And this comes from a guy who has spent his career trying to reconcile these things because I'm obsessed. So I think Ultimately, the way I would approach it is to say that battle happened insofar as Eggman found the Gizoid, failed to take control of it, it cultivated its own soul by interacting with Sonic and the gang, and then was tragically destroyed when it went haywire. And kind of leave it at the surface level. Yeah, that's not going any further. I think that's good enough. I mean, otherwise, we also have to, like, seriously consider Amy was so delusionally obsessed with being with Sonic that she kind of conjured a version of him to fight people in her house. Mm. I I don't mind sweeping that aspect of Amy under the rug. Mm. (laughs) Here's a question from Sonic, Sonic, Sonic. It stated that Eggman rebuilt Heavy King, but Heavy King is intact at the end of the encore mode of Sonic Mania Plus, since he pops out at the end at the bar to surprise the Sonic cast. The 30th anniversary special can't have happened before that point, since we see Heavy King still broken down with most of the other heavies from near the start of encore encore mode. So why does Heavy King need to be rebuilt in the Sonic 30th anniversary special? What happened to him that he needs to be rebuilt? And please don't answer with, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) I don't think 
the ending of encore mode is meant to be taken as canonical and encore mode itself is dubiously canonical. The direction I got when writing the 30th anniversary was that heavy King was destroyed and would have to have been rebuilt. And the other heavies were also destroyed and were not accessible. You can pause with me here to kind of think about that. So (laughs) the official line is that he had been destroyed and was rebuilt for the purposes of that story and now endures. I would hope that that means that we can do the same same hand wavy thing and say the other hard boiled heavies have been rebuilt because I like those guys. Yeah. But that's the direction I was working under. Alrighty. As long as Heavy King is still a chef, then we're good. Here's one from Supernova. If you had to expand on Chuck and Shard's relationship in Archie, how would you describe it? Chuck obviously didn't like Shard at first. What was there a chance he'd grow on him? Yeah, I think the long term plan was that. You know, he didn't like Shard because, you know, Shard was the evil doppelganger that nearly killed his nephew. And Tails. And a volcano. It was bad. And, you know, he personally had a bad experience working with Sonic robots. So he'd be very wary about this incredibly powerful, dynamic killer Sonic bot. But Shard was a good boy and should be cherished and loved and protected. And Chuck would eventually kind of come around to the, okay, it doesn't matter where you came from. It's who you are. That matters. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Hashtag lost hedgehog tail spoilers, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, oh, well, we've had a few of those now. It's okay. I think at this point you can trickle some of those out here and there. I'm so tired of waiting on this. I want it out there. I know. I know. So does everyone else. <laughs> uh, here's a question from Twilord. In the last 12 months, I played two visual novels and loved both. I'll grant you they both played hard to my biases, Digimon Survive and Murder of Sonic. So I could write off adoring either, but not both. I need to test if I'm actually just a genre fan. Recommendations? I'm not really a visual novel guy. Me neither. But... I did work on the localization of one, so I can at least say that it's at least somewhat competently written, which <laughs> sounds extremely arrogant putting it that way. But, you know, I point is, is it out yet? I got in. I got into it as I was translating it. You know, yeah, I, again, I'm not really into these romance visual novel things, but I'm going through the localization getting you know into the weeds of this character and it's like a ruby don't do it turn around give her another chance what are you doing you fool she loves you <laughs> it's like huh this really got its hooks into me and i started at this halfway point how weird but anyway uh look up love pretend it's on the switch and pc i believe and uh, give it a shot see if you can pick out the parts it's like up oh, that's a flynnism that that there he is. It's clearly him. <laughs> There's a Crush Forty reference. <laughs> uh, I've not played them myself, but having seen playthroughs of Danganronpa One and Two, if you enjoy the murder, the murder mystery type of uh, of gameplay, then I think check those out. They get pretty wild and off the rails. Very very. Uh, beloved games and i think for good reason um otherwise there's the phoenix right games which are brilliant play play those <laughs> play phoenix right 
and I don't know if Phoenix Wright is entirely a visual novel specifically, but it almost it's it's, it's close. close. It's very close. It's certainly in the vein of a visual novel. It's not romance or anything, obviously. Murder mystery, more like for for uh, no. both of those. So I think that works. If you like visual novels, don't have to be romantically no. oriented, do they? No, they don't have to be. No, no. Danganronpa definitely is not. <laughs> 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 oh boy those games are freaking wild 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 crazy i like them and our last question for today comes to us from wildcard 717 rivals of aether 2 has been announced for 2024 if given the opportunity to write another tales of aether which current roster character story would you want to tell now you're implying there isn't already one that's been written and is just waiting in the wings to be greenlit for production if you want to see such a thing you should head over to the bumble comic shop and pick up the current tales of aether mini series and show that there is an interest because where there's money there's product (laughs) but uh it's actually written about a character who is not in the currently announced roster for rivals of aether 2 ho ho further intrigue so if we're speaking just what's been announced i mean Personally, I would love to get into uh, Zetterburn's head and just kind of follow his arc through the Rivals 1 story and take that and just kind of give it a focused narrative and tighten the bolts on that overall. Because I think it's a really interesting story there. Or uh, get into Fleet's background and show her origin story. We had to cut a lot of that when developing dungeons of aether just because it was a lot of text and it was kind of a slog given the gameplay style just where to find points of injecting story was a challenge for the team so a lot of why she's involved what her connection is to the town is only surface level addressed and it would be neat to kind of get into that more i don't know if it's like four issues worth of story but it would still be nice to delve into that a little bit uh Shoot, I don't know everybody who's been officially announced and confirmed for Rivals 2, so I should probably stop right there before I spoil something. But some of them won't be a surprise if you're a fan of the Rivals series. And some of them just might be. So, nope, I'm done. Uh, I'm not getting myself in trouble. Nope, nope, nope. Don't do it, Ian. Don't do it. (laughs) No, stop. Stop. What I will do is go on to give a big thank you to all the folks who make this show possible through their patronage over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and being our YouTube members. Big thank you to Daniel H., Jennifer R., James K., John B., Robotnikom, Sam Cybercat, Samuel P., Torchbound, Mike B., Andrew D., Dave M., Salute Your Cat, J. Frost, Noni, Coupling Crew 128, Do As Den, Hero of Light 13, Professor Scruffy Matt, Chris A., Sony, Triforce, Riku, John M., Sonic, 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 Scurvy Pirate Hog, Jib, Ben Mulspane, Lisa M., Lee H.K., Arc Fighter, Chevelle, Stardust, Spectre, Twilord, Chaos Sonic 1, Axis, Starlight Sex, Xander, and the Painter, Z, Broadcast, Ink Thinks, Jonathan D., Tick Tick, Cameron H., The Name is X, Jolene B., Solaris, Dane, Nemeric, Godzilla, Nondal, Ava, Arctic, Dove, Yuma221, Joshua S, Just a Mountain's Soul, Miguel G, Justin S, Jennifer H, Dabbler the Dalek, Sonic Legacy, Alex GS, Pedanti Cat, Mancher, Angela V, Les, Alphamon, or you can Omega Watt, Jack the Animator, Red the Supernamic, Chad, 
J, the Redneck, Wildcard 717 of the Stars and Tails, Genzel, Endabend, Derusaville, Sammy S, Preston M, Noah M, Puppy the Scholar, Wheelie Doe, Sandra BH, Miles the Prower, Navare, Exodel, Agent Kaz, Kojiro Highland, Awesome Cakester, Four Sonic Fan, Super Sonic Fan, Rhythm Raccoon, Ratry, Pig Dan 20, Chase L, Sonic 84, Tetsuya the Wise, The Marble Gardener, Aiden S, Hannah W, Venus, Bleeding Thumbs 97, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Smiley 21, Phillips Gold, Sterling Sonic E200, Paragon, Razor Congo, Windskull, Supernova Superior Pizza, Sonic Page, In Zephyr, Thickoff, Subliminal, Gino the Puppet, Omega Man 21, Thievius, Miggy Stardust, Dominic the Raccoon, Planet Breezy, Crooker, Vlad, Sheen, Illegal Chow Fights, Unity, Lori L, Jason G, Cody G, Lemur Chicken, Nils, Luke R, Michael P, Miss Nazumi, SB, My Fish Eats Rocks, The ID Card, Jonathan F, Hip Kid, Brick, Lee i see amazing samoth s dead air morless adrian w zaylock nebula noob knuckle sandwich 87 lacy m rocco d m bluet miles full prower cool christy one lucky lychee spiral Astro native nerd 27 raccoon shinobi normal person marcy h caswell seattle pajaro assassinato el pajaro gigante queen asiena Alejandro 333777 loose noah i quasel j ultra guy Salato O2, Crabbo Noob 600, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadronis, Paley, Tenderheart Fawn, Guts, Jihan S, Snowpair, The Man of Multimedia, Foofy 93, Mrs. Nibby, Florian, Call Me Ryan, All Peachy, Onion Girl, Jamal S, Wheels 282, Hedgehog, Meta Mode, Frost the Hobbiton, Danny the Light, Buttered Noodles, Miles Power D, L Technopoda, True Cosmic Digilab 79, Razor, Sun Blister 16, Travis H, Tyler M, Mini Hats, and Scourge Time. Incredible. Thank you all. Good job reading those, by the way. Thank you. You, 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 you didn't stumble. So you didn't stumble too much. Uh, it was only 199 this time, though. So. Oh, okay. That's why. That makes sense. Love Pretend is only on Switch. Really? I could have sworn it was on PC. Okay. Nope. Nope. Maybe it's coming to PC. It's just not out yet. But I, all I can find is a Switch version. So it's a Lover Pretend. I thought it was localized to Love Pretend for, in English. Oh, huh. it's Lover Pretend. It's, a, it's the one about a character named Chiyuki, right? Or you play yeah, as her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, shows what I know. I, I finished that project so, a long time ago, and it's just, whoop, fell out of the brain pan. <laughs> they might have, they might have, maybe they planned a PC port, but never, never did it, or, or, uh, or not. This one comes out on Monday, Nova. Uh, Suze's mentioning Hotful Boyfriend. <laughs> I mean that one was popular. Yeah, yeah. It's a goofy. It's a goofy one. It's fun. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Okay, <clears throat> that's gonna wrap us up for this edition. Uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Take care. <laughs> oh, this show! I swear. <coughs> Steve, herder. <laughs> Steve, he said a bad language word. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I mean, the franchise does associate reclaiming insults, so I guess since it, since Robotnik reclaimed Eggman, so I don't know, man. No more Nermies. Nerm ain't. It's literally two pieces of wrought iron yeah. on a band, and then you screw the 
flat shelves onto it uh-huh. to, play, to put plants on. I managed to put every freaking shelf on upside down before I realized, oh, wait, no, that's the wrong way. <laughs> well, you know, it's not wrong. You just gotta it is. It. You just got to flip it over. <laughs> You'd think I'd figured it out after the first one, but nah, nah, nah. It's okay. Uh, and, you know, put the the hook on the base wrong. Like, yeah. If only it was illustrated. <laughs> if only there were directions. If only there were pictures. They uh, say return to monkey. I need to get to monkey in the first place. <laughs> oh, Send me the monolith, for God's sake. Oh, man. Where's the... Uh... You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. I don't want to think. Let's just answer questions. Oh, but you'd have to think about what the what your answer is going to be. Eh, eh. They eh. already gave us money. We never guaranteed satisfactory answers. <laughs> oh, finally, the truth come out. <laughs> eh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, anyway. <laughs>